This podcast is presented to you by Pastors Tom and Bonnie DeShal from Celebration Church in Harare, Zimbabwe. For more information, please visit celebrationmen.org. Um, let's go straight into the Word. Uh, I'll ask you to turn in your Bibles to 2 Corinthians chapter 4. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 7 to 15. Are you there? As in, are you there in the congregation? Okay, good. Yeah, you're a bit quiet, so I'm just uh, trying to make sure. I'm not wearing my glasses, so I may think that people have left. I'm just joking. I can see clearly. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 7 to 15 says, But we have this treasure in earthen vessels, that the excellence of the power may be of God, not of us. We are hard-pressed on every side, yet not crushed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Struck down, but not destroyed. Always carrying about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life of Jesus may also be manifested in our body. For we, li- we who live are always delivered to death for Jesus' sake, that the life of Jesus may be manifested in our mortal flesh. So then death is working in us, but life in you. And since we have the same spirit of faith according to what is written, I believed and therefore I spoke. We also believe and therefore speak. Knowing that he who raised up the Lord Jesus will also raise us up with Jesus and will present us with you. For all things are for your sakes that grace having spread through the many may cause thanksgiving to abound to the glory of God. Amen. Come on, say amen to the reading of his word. So, uh, to give this message a title, I struggled. I've got three options, so I'll share all three, and then you'll put what fits for you. The first one is, I'm under pressure, but it's all good. The other one, which one is is a bit of a a mixed translation, is a direct translation, rather, is I have pressure, but I am okay. I have pressure, but I'm okay. Then the third option, we can pick whichever one you, you choose is, and in a pressure, but in the ball. You see, these days, when you speak to people, the responses that you get when you are trying to find out where someone is at, how are you doing, or you, you hear a variation of the word, ah, I'm under pressure, or the phrase rather, I'm under pressure. No, no, it's hectic. It's hectic. Yeah, no, 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 there's a story. Yeah. And you hear statements like, eh, no, the men are under pressure right now. Yeah, no, families are under pressure right now. Businesses are under pressure. Saturday night, something was said, and hey, we are under pressure. Pressure, 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 pressure. <laughs> See, at one point, <laughs> so, so, so it shouldn't be a problem. Because most of us right on our CVs works well under pressure. <laughs> See, pressure in life, it's not a question of if it will come, but it's when. Now, what, what matters most is, is, is that we, 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 how we, we, we are affected by this pressure. See, the the effects of pressure in our lives are far-reaching and varied. And what what determines whether we we are hard-pressed and then crushed is our response to pressure. 
what pressure does to our thoughts, words, actions, and attitudes. See, I heard one statement from Pastor Tom which stuck a few years ago. It says stress comes from unmanaged pressure. See, this is to say when we are under pressure and we fail to manage that pressure, it develops into stress. Another definition or a difference rather of between pressure and stress that I found is that pressure is exerted externally and then stress develops internally. Okay? I also want to state that pressure in itself is not necessarily a bad thing. In fact, it is plenty good. Our response determines whether we get full value of the pressure or if it de degenerates into stress. See, one of the th Christianese things to do is to attribute all pressure and stress to the devil. <laughs> and if we're in the midst of a pressure moment, we begin to sanitize it and say, you know, I'm just under pressure because God is about to do something big in my life, so the enemy is fighting it because, because. <laughs> Some pressure is actually from God. Let's just look at some examples, lest you say, ah, Pastor Milton, where are you getting that? See, in Exodus chapter 5, we see the, in the, the first account of Moses uh, encountering Pharaoh, and he says to them, God is telling, he's saying, let my people go, that I may meet with them. And then Pharaoh goes on to refuse, and then he increases their workload, but gives them less inputs. When they saw this, they began to doubt and say, you know what, Moses, we've told you about this guy before. Then, then he, Moses goes back to the Lord and says, why have you brought trouble on these people? Why is, why is it you have sent me? For since I came to Pharaoh to speak in your name, he has done evil to these people. Neither have you delivered your people at all. Then the Lord said to Moses, now you shall see what I will do to Pharaoh. For with a strong hand he will let them go, and with a strong hand he will drive them out of his land. You know, when we begin to speak, to, to read rather about the chronicles of the Israelites in the wilderness, we begin to see that they, they had, whilst they had a dislike for captivity, they were comfortable in it. When they had freedom, they kept saying, ah, maybe we should go back. Let's go back to the pots of meat. Let's go back to this, let's go back to that. It was actually better there. And it was a real concern for God because even in Exodus chapter 13, verse 17, the Bible says, Then it came to pass when Pharaoh had let the people go that God did not lead them by the way of the land of the Philistines, although that was near. For God said, Lest perhaps the people change their minds when they see war and return to Egypt. I believe that God began to sh shift the conditions that they were working under such that they would begin to feel a certain pressure to say, No, 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 guys. This is not life. This is not life. How can we have targets that are increased, yet the inputs are, are, are reduced and have begun to get some sort of discomfort? So that when it's time to leave, they leave. Because they say, we cannot live with this pressure. See, it's easy to get comfortable with certain things that are anomalies in our lives. But there comes a day when there's a bit of pressure that you begin to say, ay, 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 ay. no, 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 no. This is not what my life should be like. This is not what God said it should be like. You know, one of the worst things that someone can ever have is a great landlord. 
an understanding landlord. It's okay for a season, but if your landlord is great, <laughs> hey. But when you start having a landlord who can just appear, <laughs> then you'll start feeling like, ha. I remember my parents telling us a story that they, they had uh, moved to Harare and they were staying in Marborain. And they had a, a landlord who <laughs> the children would come and say, we are, the, oh, we, we are the children of the owners of this house. We have come to eat some mulberries. Okay, we are the children of the owners of this house. We have come to eat mulberries. Imagine that. Imagine an announcement made at the gates. You've got visitors at home. Who is it? It is us, the children of the owner of this house. We have come to eat mulberries. <laughs> Just imagine there are visitors, children who are now in the mulberry tree. They now have to sheepishly come down <laughs> and leave it for the owners of the house. That was the catalyst for my parents to decide, no, 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 no it can't. We can't be in here. And this is early 80s, and they, they ventured out and they managed to buy a house in Borodale. Pressure. Pressure. Not, ah, no, don't worry. You can pay us when you have it. It's okay. We understand the economy. Yeah. <laughs> your children will take over your lease. <laughs> Pressure brings forth new life. Pressure brings forth new life. I remember 2013, we went for a doctor's visit with my wife, and everything was normal. And she, she saw her, and then she said, you need to go to hospital this afternoon. I was like, nothing's happening. And I said, okay, fine. So we went home. We picked up her bag, her hospital bag. It was ready, packed for weeks. Picked it up. But there's nothing happening. So I said, no, no, no. I need to visit a client. <laughs> so we, we went to the hospital. Opposite way first to visit a client. <laughs> I needed to do some, some work. You go to the hospital, you're still fine. <laughs> then we went to the hospital. And they booked it into the labor ward. And then I left. I said, ah, let me go. It's two days before synod. Let me go and put guests' uh, uh, um, fruit baskets into their hotel rooms. While I'm there, my wife then calls me and says, my water's broke. And I'm clueless. So what does that mean? I'm used to the movie where water's break. Oh, baby's coming. And then I, I was told to leave everything. Then I went there. Then nothing's happening yet. The waters have broken. So, well, you know, I'm clueless. First child. At some point, the, the, the contractions started. Like the real, no, they had started, but the, the, you know the, ladies, you know the ones I'm talking about. These guys, they don't know, they don't know. We know. <laughs> they started. And what I found interesting is that the nurses said to my wife, when you feel a contraction, push. Huh? When you feel pressure, push. Because the pressure <laughs> is what will help you bring forth new life. 
Not, not the time in between the contractions, but the pressure. Here we are saying the pressure is of the devil. No, the pressure brings forth and, and, and causes us to bring forth new life. What is our response to pressure? Because in that labor wood, you can just start screaming because they're painful, I hear. They're painful, right? You can just start crying or screaming because of the pain. And we know that when you're supposed to push, if you make a sound, then there's no push. So crying, when the contraction comes, wrong reaction. But aligning your push with the pressure, aligning the push with the pressure is what brings forth new life. You see, <laughs> if you push without the pressure of the contraction, nothing happens. See, I heard that the baby can actually get tired and then next thing you have to go under the knife. <laughs> pressure is actually important in life. You see, a lot of us struggle with the pressure of expectation. Yes? God tells us to do something and then the pressure of expectation gets the better of us. But there's, there's, there's an encounter in Luke chapter 10 where God sends the 70, 70 disciples out. And he gives them instructions, not yet. He gives them instructions to say, uh, don't take this, don't take that, do this. I want you to heal the sick. D declare peace and all these things. Then they went, that's verse 1 to 10. Then he came back. And in verse 17, they begin to give an account of what happened. Now you can put it up. Thanks, guys. It says, then the 70 returned with joy saying, Lord, even the demons were subject to us in your name. Now look at verse 18 and 19. It says, and he said to them, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. Verse 19 says, behold, I give you the authority to trample and serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Look at the chronology of that. He sends them out. They come back and give a report. Then he gives them, then he announces that I give you power and authority. See, they had already operated in this power and authority before he even said it. Because remember, they said we, we, demons were subject to us in your name. See, sometimes we buckle down under the pressure of expectation because we don't realize that God has already deposited it in us. See, see the, the, the pronouncement happened after they already operated in it. Yes, no? Okay, let's look at another way. David became king many years after he had been anointed king. So kingship was already within so when God calls us, just because we don't know that he has actually empowered us doesn't mean that he hasn't empowered us. So our, sometimes our response is to cower away from what God is calling us to do, yet he's saying, why? 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 Why are you cowering away? You are a, a, a mighty man of valor. I can see it. I can, I am, I, it is within you. Gideon wasn't told, I am making you a mighty man of valor. It was being called out from within him, to say you're a mighty man of valor. What, what is our response to the pressure of expectation? What's your response? Do you trust God? Or do you trust in your abilities and personal weaknesses? 
See, sometimes pressure is showing us that it's time to break free. Genesis chapter 27, verses 39 to 40 says, Then Isaac, his father, answered. This is after Jacob uh, had tricked uh, into receiving uh, the blessing. It says, Behold, your dwelling shall be of the fatness of the earth and of the dew of heaven from above. But your sword, by your sword you shall live and you shall serve your brother. And it shall come to pass when you become restless that you shall break his yoke from your neck. See, there's a restlessness that comes from pressure. And, and sometimes, like I've mentioned already, we tolerate low living. Or we are bound, but, but it takes us getting to a place where we become restless. Let me just share this story. <laughs> um, about a python. A python. A python is a non-venomous snake, right? It's not poisonous. What it does is that it will bite and coil, right? So how a, a python kills is that it actually suffocates its prey, okay? So it will bite and coil. What happens is that when a python bites and coils over prey, every time you exhale, it gets tighter and tighter and tighter until it eventually suffocates you. A python has the ability to sense whether you are still breathing or not. Okay? That's how a python operates. Are you going to get it, one python, Ryan, so we can do an experiment? <laughs> <laughs> well, there are people going out the door and like, boom! So a python, how you deal with a python is that you do not uncoil it randomly because it will feel like you're now being violent and it will squeeze you. See, a python want to, wants to squeeze life out of you, just like the enemy wants to squeeze life out of us. So he has his, his own pressure that he will put by squeezing life out of us, trying to take out the breath from our lungs, pushing, and, and what happens is that the organs begin to rise because it's squeezing so much. So it's no longer, we are no longer functioning as we should. See, when a python first coils you, you just feel warm. Because it's, but then the pressure starts building. The pressure starts building. And it's at that place where now the pressure, that's when you actually realize, you know what, something's not right here. But you know how you get rid of a python? You, 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 you take vinegar or rubbing alcohol and you spray it into its mouth. Then it'll go, and then it'll, you remove it. I had to research this after I saw this happening somewhere, just for clarity. <laughs> I, I was intrigued when I saw it somewhere, and then I researched it. But you deal with it at the root. You don't remove the tail. Because yes, the tail is the weakest and you can start uncoiling it, but when it does that, the body will then squeeze some more. See, sometimes we shy away from dealing with pressure by not facing it head on and dealing with it at the root. We know what, what, why pressure is here. But what do we do? We want to just ah, fumble around. No, no, no. We have to deal with pressure because if we don't manage the pressure, 
it will become stress. Amen. In these four scenarios, we see a positive and a negative response. In the scripture we read, it says we are hard-pressed on every side, yet not crushed. See, the pressing has come, but they're not crushed. The situations that bring uh, uh, perplexing, because it says we are perplexed but not in despair, have come, but they are not in despair. I want to propose that the response of, of, of pressure or the response to pressure, which causes us to be hard-pressed but not crushed, in perplexed but not in despair is one four-letter word. Rest. Rest. Say rest. No, no, no. Say it kind of like rest. Rest. <laughs> you see, in the word of the year, Pastor Tom says it will take faith to enter the rest of God. The place of rest is the place of promise, which is the place of his word. An understanding of the importance of rest as a place of covenantal renewal. It says rest involves trust. Trusting God knows what he is doing and what he is calling us to do. Genesis 6:18 says, but I will establish my covenant with you and you shall go into the ark speaking to Noah. You see, rest is a position of trust and faith knowing that God knows what he is doing and will do what he said he will do. See, rest is trusting what it says in Isaiah 55, 11, which says, So shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. It shall not return to me void, but it shall accomplish what I please, and it shall prosper in the thing which I sent it. Rest is trusting and knowing that Numbers 23, 19, which says, God is not man, that he should lie, nor a son of man, that he should repent. Has he said it, and will he not do it? Has he spoken, and will he not make it good? See, rest is being like the sons of Issachar who would understand the times and knew what Israel ought to do. It comes from an understanding to say, what is this season and what should I be doing in this season? This is a season where it looks like we must be shutting shop, but I know because God has said that we, this is a time for us to actually increase, that I will rest. I will not be stressed about 15 companies in our complex that have closed down. I will actually look at it and say, hey, that's more office space as we increase. Faith is resting, knowing what, what season it is. It's knowing that the contraction has come, so I push. Knowing that when the contraction comes, now I push. The other times I would listen to the pain and ask for an epidural, but now when it comes, I push. Rest. 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 Rest is not an estate of, 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 of slumber or sleep. Rest isn't, rest isn't, uh, you see, if you want to know if sleeping is rest, go and sleep when you are stressed and tell me what you dream. Yeah, then you will know that sleep and rest are different WhatsApp groups, different. Different, sleep and rest are not the same. See, it's not, it's, it, it, <laughs> There is no anxiety or confusion in rest. You see, the place of rest is what God is calling us to. It's a place of peace and not necessarily calm. You know the difference between peace and calm? Just think about it. Have you ever seen the peacekeeping forces? Have you ever seen them? Confirm they have feathers and they're saying, peace, oh, calm. No, they're armed. They're peacekeepers. They're armed. Peace is not no, peace is a force. 
So a place of rest is actually a place of peace. It's not, you see, it's not a, it's not a, it's a place, state of engagement. A state of engaging. It's a state of engaging where you're saying, I am at rest because I know his promises are sure and therefore I war according to prophecy. It's a state of rest knowing that though, though, though the winds may blow, though the, 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 the waves may rage, we are crossing over to the other side. Though this, our boat may be battered and Jesus is sleeping when, it, when we're under pressure. We're under pressure and you're sleeping. A place of rest is saying, hey, it may be like this, but we are going over to the other side because he has instructed us to go over to the other side. See, rest is a trust. Rest is knowing. It is knowing, knowing. Let me give you an example of what rest looks like. Jesus goes and preaches in the synagogue and people don't like it. And in Luke chapter 4, 28 to 30, it says that, so all those in the synagogue, when they heard these things, were filled with wrath and rose up and thrust him out of the city. And they led him to the brow of the hill on which their city was built, that they, may, they might throw him down over the cliff. Then passing through the midst of them, he went his way. Just think about it. Synagogue here. Synagogue here. He preaches and people get offended and they take him. Push him, drive him to the edge of the hill to push him over the cliff. Now, Jesus knew he was going to die at the hands of these people, right? But he knew he was going to die on a hill, not on a cliff. So he turned around into that multitude and takes a walk through them and says, my time is not yet. My t- you cannot destroy me because it ain't time yet. It is not, he, he, he doesn't say he, he fought or his disciples took out their swords and they, 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 they whoo, whoo, and then, and out. No. Just says, he walked through them, through, not around them. He didn't run. He walked through. Yeah, that's when you hear people, you know, they start saying, what is he stepping on? Why are they so calm? Rest. <laughs> Rest. I come at me, it's okay. Rest because the one who is behind me, you will meet him. I'll just throw this in there. One of my favorite scriptures, I'm sure many people have heard me quote this scripture, Acts chapter 5. The apostles are thrown into prison, they are flogged, do not preach in this name, they come back, they preach in the name, then they are arrested again. Then it's like, why? We told you. Then it says, should we listen to you? Then it says that an, a man called Gamaliel, who was one of the scholars, while they were debating what to do, stood up and said, guys, we have seen this before. When, when, some, when people arise and their leader goes, it fizzles out. I think he quoted two examples. They says, if, if this is of man, this will fall, fail. Let it go. But if this is of God and you come against it, it is as if you are coming against God himself. So when we rest in his promises, what comes against us is not coming against us. It's coming against the purposes of God. And when they come against the purposes of God, they don't see us. They see him. But if we're to go after our purposes when we're under pressure, then we start doing and, and trying things in our own strength. Then whatever comes at us, comes at us. And us alone. Someone say amen. Amen. What a response from Jesus that was. 
See, when we are aware of the promises of God and fully believe in them, and fully believe in his faithfulness and his ability, we are able to walk through even the toughest pressure situations at rest. We will walk through the valley of the shadow of death at rest. We will walk through uh, and be able to scale over walls at rest. Now, like I said, rest isn't naivety, but it's quiet confidence in him and whom we serve. See, it's an appreciation of his sovereignty and of, of, of his ability. You see, a rest, the picture of rest is like Joshua going into a battle with an unusual battle array where you put the ministers, the, the singers in front and being at rest that the enemy has been delivered into our hands. See, rest is the Levites carrying the ark, stepping in to the Jordan, when it's flowing, stepping in, saying, you know what? We are addressed because God has parted a red, a, a red sea before. So surely he can part the Jordan. The Bible says the moment their feet touched, then the waters parted. Rest. Not before. They didn't see the waters part two kilometers away. When, when, when they touched. Imagine being the guy at the forefront. Rest, rest, rest is the Israelites going, the slaves going to their masters and saying, we are about to leave, give us some gold and silver. Because they know that it has been spoken of, that they will live in that nation, but I will judge them and afterward they will come out with great possessions as it says in Genesis 15, 14. You see, rest is an assurance of the promises of God. And walking through them, walking in them. It's not just knowing them, but it is trusting in them and being assured in them. See, can I propose to us that the, the ability, our ability to be at rest is based on our knowledge and belief of the word and his promises over our lives. See, if you believe the word that says that I will, I will, uh, I will supply all of your riches according to, uh, I will supply all your needs according to his riches and glory. Oh, he will supply all his, your needs according to his riches and glory. When you have need, what do you do? You rest. You operate. I mean, surely the Bible says he owns a cattle upon a thousand hills. I'm not asking for many. And I'm sure it's not, you know, the, the $50 cattle. <laughs> I'm sure those are those big brahmans. <laughs> the, the, the Bible tells us that the, the, the streets of heaven are paved with gold. Surely he can break off an ounce for me and make a plan for me. Trusting, trusting in him. Not when it happens, we start governing, making plans. No. <laughs> trusting, trusting, trust, a quiet confidence, knowing that yes, it is due, but my God is never late. How much do you, do you and I believe the promises of God over our lives? How often are we speaking these promises? 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 13 says, And since we have, the, we have the same spirit of faith according to what is written, I believed and therefore I spoke. We also believe and therefore speak. So the content of your speech speaks to what you believe most. Yeah, if, 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 if what's filling our mouth is complaining about this, that, and more, it shows that we believe that that is the, that's it. 
That's it. See, <laughs> speaking is linked to how much we believe and we get what we speak. We get what we speak. You see, you and I cannot determine whether pressure will come, but we can determine our response, which should be that of rest. Our, the place of rest is our place of power. And the halak walk, the continual walk, the real-time relationship with God is what causes us to work in His rest. See, when you're operating at rest, then you can say, ah, we, 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 we don't get shocked, we don't get scared, and we're not rushed. We are in a state of rest where pressure may come, but I don't have to react to the pressure. I'll respond. I'll respond. I won't react. I'll respond. I'm under pressure, but it's all good. Let's go back and find the promises of God over our lives, our families, our church, our businesses, and all that concerns us because knowledge of those will cause us to operate from a place of rest. As we close today, I want to invite you to stand up to your feet. you are the opposite of resting today and you are anxious today I want you to find a place at the altar very soon some leaders will come to the front I want you to find a place at the altar or find someone to agree with the Bible in Philippians 4 verses 6 to 7 says do not be anxious for anything but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving you let your requests be made known to God and the peace of God that surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and minds through Jesus Christ anxious people today rest is your portion stress is not your portion rest is your portion rest is your portion for some people today Nephidipin ends today. Yeah, those that are taking it know it. The blood pressure tablets. It ends today as you enter into his rest. The Bible also says in the book of Matthew chapter 11 verses 28 to 30 it says, Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and lowly in heart and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. If you are carrying the weight of the world on your shoulders today, come. Cast your burdens unto him. Cast your burdens that you may enter into his rest into his rest rest is our portion today rest is our portion and you'll find that we will accomplish much more from the place of rest than the place of pressure 
of trying to make our own plans. The place of pressure is often the altar of compromise. So some of us need to repent of the compromises that we have made, saying, ah, I'm under pressure. When we've reacted in a time of pressure and not responded, we need to repent of that. Pastors, leaders, why don't you come up to the front in this moment? So those two groups, get ready to come to the front. In fact, you can even come to the front right now. But if you are here today, the Bible says, come to me. That me that is spoken of there, this is Jesus speaking, saying, come to me. Today, if you've never received Jesus as your Lord and Savior, come. Come to him that you may access rest. Thanks for listening. For more teachings and videos, visit celebrationmen.org.